Hello, this is Brian Foster, and I'm bringing you this podcast to preview my new audiobook, Heaven and Below, Book One of Spiritism, The Spirit World Revealed to an Anglican Vicar. You can find my book on my website, nwspiritism.com, where I have all my articles and other information about Spiritism. On the right-hand side navigation bar, I have links to all my books, and on my book, Heaven and Below, it is available in paperback, Kindle, and now in audio version. So I will present to you a slight snippet of the book, and I hope you enjoy it, and you can order it through Audible via my website or Amazon.com. Enjoy! Chapter 45 The Presence of Christ Inspires and Empowers Spirits Then, after long ecstasy of wonderment and great uplifting at the sight of so much power and glory, we begin to feel within us a glow which suffused us with a sense of love and pity and an access of resolve to put of our best into what work lay ahead of us, so we knew that he drew near in person. The High Spirit Arnell spoke to the mind of the Reverend G. Val Owen, who described his contact with the power of Jesus during a great endeavor to bring light and love to earth. Arnell was participating in a vast and organized mission to earth to clean the psychic atmosphere and flood the planet with waves of compassion to light the flame of spirituality within each individual, managing a great multitude of spirits of different levels and capabilities to enable each of them to perform the task assigned and to do it with their utmost ability is a Herculean task. Spirits aren't beings of unlimited power and endurance. Spirits are people. Humans are human-like from other planets who have experienced many lives in their quest to become better souls. Hence, they require direction, support, and motivation. And, like us frail beings on earth, they need rest periods to recover from long days of work. But, there is an added dimension to the relaxation and recuperation. They will be given extra power, increased supremacy, and capabilities so they may return to the battlefield more ready and proficient than before. The Gathering in the Park Arnell tells us of the time during this great enterprise he and a group of spirits were gathered in the parklands around the Tower of the Angels, in the City of the Five Towers. The city was on the tenth level of heaven. He and many others were in the middle of the grand mission mentioned previously, when slowly angels of high degree began making themselves visible to the audience. As they took their places, a cross rose up. Then another high angel came and leaned on the cross and made this speech. We have called you, my comrades, that you should hear the message of him who draws near this state in order that at his advent and his passing you understand what those should be to you and lose no blessing. Know you, therefore, who have seen him times again, that now he comes in other guise. As you have seen him hitherto, he came for one purpose or another, in special phase of person, as special need required. Now he comes, not in his fullness truly, yet in much greater fullness of majesty than sometime he came. For then he descended to you upon his business peculiar. Now he comes with the mandate of his father to the work. It is an emprise of great moment, 
for earth is in sore need of you to help. When, therefore, he passes by you, do you, each and every one of you, bespeak of him what qualities you most do lack, so shall you become attuned to the task in hand, and strengthened to its accomplishment. Be not unready, nor overawed too much of his glory. He brings it for you. Himself has no such need. It is for you he comes, all-glorious, and the beams of his radiance are for you. Bathe you in them, therefore, and appropriate to your use, what of strength and ennoblement they carry in their magnetic forces. Now make for yourselves small companies for friendly conversation. Speak one to another of what I have said to you. My words to you have been few. Make them into many, and where you stick these, my companions, will help you to resolve your difficulty. So you shall be at ease the more when he shortly comes, and, while he passes, you, seeing and hearing and feeling, shall also understand. Jesus, on a mandate from God, the very phrase triggers a mystical connection to our deep conscious. No matter the degree of spirituality one has, to think that God is concerned about our tiny planet in a far outpost in one of the many universes touches us deeply. Spiritism tells us that high angels, great lords of spiritual purity, are able to receive direction from God. Jesus, in his own words in the New Testament, has told us the same. Reading the message from a spirit speaking about his encounter with Jesus on one such mission is revealing. Hearing about one instance of an order descending from a level of which we have no concept to Jesus, to spirits in the spirit realm surrounding the earth, puts definition which heretofore had been mere conjecture and supposition. It all sounds normal when put into an order and the resulting action, as if a president of a company gave commands for a project to begin. The process is similar, the means are worlds apart, but it serves to provide a connection between our understanding of the afterlife and our life encased in our physical cocoon. God commands. Jesus is moved to action. He directs his ministers. He reviews plans. He tracks progress, and he motivates and empowers his workers. This is a glimpse of the realm you shall inhabit one day, the same on one level and vastly different on so many other levels. Dual Angels Arnell met with his friends and consulted with the angels amongst them to be ready for Christ's arrival. The group waited patiently. They watched a mountain range in the distance. Its normal lighting was crystal bright in a green-golden hue. When the light beaming down upon the mountains turned to red gold and waves of colors rippled through the atmosphere, everyone knew that Jesus was coming. Arnell describes the unfolding scene. They were outlined against the cloud of light in which the Christ himself moved onward. They were very glorious and of mighty stature, as of strength to match. Men and women they were, and one here, and there was a dual angel, two in one. I leave it there. You would not understand that mystery, nor could I put it into words for you. They were neither bisexed nor sexless. Let it rest there. They were very lovely to see but of softer mane than the men, and more queenly than the women, their companions. I have read about these dual-aspect entities before. They were described as soulmates, 
as two personalities united, perfectly balanced between male and female, aggressiveness and passiveness, action and caring, all of the best aspects of either sex combined and in harmony. How they evolve to that state, whether it is permanent or what is the ascending path, I do not know. What is certain is that attaining a harmony of female and male characteristics is vital for us to ascend. For some, the road to unification is different. A male-oriented and a female-oriented spirit may meld together. They could have anticipated their eventual union with the divinity and begin that part of the process early. Enlightenment Arnell continues the company pass forward, therefore, into the condition of our state, and filled the whole firmament with their light and glory. They did not descend among us, these. They hovered above, dropping upon us of the dew of their sweetness and peace, so light as kisses wafted to us on a summer breeze, but full of power and charged with understanding of mysteries very deep and holy. As these tokens of their love fell upon us, we became enlightened in matters hitherto beyond our range, and so were made more competent for our work. Imagine standing in a park, when a group of glowing angels fly above you. They stop and look down, whereupon a dusting of sparkles float through the air and reaches you. As you breathe in, you feel increased strength and intelligence. This is more like a passage from an outlandish fantasy novel or a comic book, but no, it is a scene from heaven. Notice, too, Arnell chooses the words, into the condition of our state. He didn't say arrived from a different territory or planet. Hence, Jesus and his angels came from another dimension, another plane, a different state of existence, a place where inferior spirits couldn't travel, and if they tried, couldn't discern objects, due to the brightness and the overwhelming reflections of love from superior beings. Hence, heaven's only boundary is in our imagination. It is a world where thought creates, not one's own thought, but collective thoughts determined by the law of affinity, whereby like spirits gather with like. A common creation, a common atmosphere is experienced, all governed by a set of divine laws, which allows for unheard of diversity, but maintains order. Christ appears. After the reinforcement of their powers, the spirits waiting in the park fully viewed and felt the presence of Christ. His circumambient radiance increased in its brightness and expansion until we were all enveloped within it. I could see my companions even to the farthest bounds quite clearly but all the air was tinted rosy gold. Our bodies also were bathed in its liquid flood. So he enveloped us whole and several. It was within his presence and personality we stood, and we felt not it, but him in and around us. We were in and parts of the Christ, and yet, although he thus became universal to us, he did not issue to appear in outer form. I saw him as he moved about above and among us. It is very hard to tell you. He seemed to be everywhere at one time in his bodily, localized form, and yet there was but one of him. I cannot say it better, and it is not very well said, forsooth. So he appeared to us. I doubt me much he was not seen in detail of character by each one of us identically. 
To me he appeared as I will tell you. He was very large of stature, some two men high, but he did not seem so. To say giant would be to say a wrong idea in total. He was just a man, but a man ennobled in aspect, as in build. Very well. Then upon his head he wore a crown, just a broad band of continuous blending with ruby stone and metal of gold alternate. The rays were not intermingled, but the ruby rays were red and the gold rays were golden. These went upwards, ever expanding into the heavens, and were caught upon the robes of those hovered there, which became much beautified by them. His aura filled all available space. The very air was infused with his presence. Hence, he permeated the entire park, and at the same time was recognizable in form. The immediate effect of his presence was electric to all, far beyond what we could experience on earth, by being in the presence of the most talented, revered, or famous person. Jesus not only spread power, but covered all like a blanket with his boundless aura, an impression that raised consciousness and feelings, so that never before had life been so in focus and inner determination so strong. Arnell next tells us of his appearance. His face was very solemn and pitiful, as he went first to one company and then to another, and yet never seemed to leave that central place where first we beheld him in visible form. We could read his countenance like an unrolled script. The solemnity in it came from realms ineffable where sin is not unknown, but known only as a fact and not as an experience. The pity came from Calvary, and the two meeting midway between were caught in the hand of the Son of Man Divine, who, raising his hand to shade his eyes, that he may look into those far realms to see what they would do with man for his usefulness, let fall upon his brow these drops of sin from earth, to shadow his face into greater beauty. So were sublime solemnity and sorrow blended one, and pity emerged the offspring born henceforth to be an attribute of divinity. Then there was love, not that which delights to give or take, but love which into its bosom gathers all and becomes one with all identical. So did he envelop us and gather us into himself at that time. This is the person, Jesus, our Christ, who is our leader, who guided the formation of our planet, the evolution of all life, and the construction of bodies fit for our souls to temporarily inhabit, so that we may spend one more lifetime learning to become pure like him. Arnell, who has seen Jesus many times, who well knows the heavens he constructed surrounding the earth, fully realizes the caliber of our leader. For awful as it was to him in his spotless purity of holiness to look upon that horror there below, yet he paused not nor shrank from what he had taken in hand. Calm and invincible, he approached the conflict for the purification of a world, and we knew that in him we should prevail. No such leader ever was so great as he, my son. He is captain thoroughly, and not the less because there is very much of motherhood in his heart.